0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 19. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: Were you with me last week as Jesus told the parable of the nobleman who traveled into a far country and he equally distributed the same amount of money to ten servants. And the noblemen returned and asked each what they had done with the money. And two were faithful and increased their money, and God gave them more responsibility. Remember? And the one did nothing with what he was given. And what he had was taken away. If you missed that teaching, you might want to stop by the bookstore on the way out and pick it up. And I told you last week that the point of the parable, the point of the parable, was that God gives every man equal opportunity to use what he has given him, and we have the responsibility to share it. And Jesus told us last week to be about the Father's business. You know, that's what I'm trying to do. Honestly, with all of the work that I have going on, um, you know, in in India with the school, and I was, I didn't tell you this, but this is also exciting, that a brother, about a year ago, um, he knew of my work in India, uh, he is from Kenya in Africa, he talked to some pastor friends in Africa, and they are very, very excited if I would accept an invitation to do a pastor's conference in Kenya. Isn't that exciting? And who knows from there? I'll wait while you clap your hands. And who knows from there? I don't know what the Lord is doing, but who knows from there that maybe we'll start a Calvary Chapel training center in Kenya? Who knows? We'll see. But all of this and all of what I do, and each day I do it, is because I want to be about the Father's business. Can I get a witness from anybody? I want to be about the Father's business. And so we continue today about the Father's business in a very familiar passage of Scripture, traditionally known as the triumphal entry of Jesus. We call it Palm Sunday. And I've titled this sermon, A Day of Cheers and Tears. A Day of Cheers and Tears. Luke chapter 19, saints, we pick up in verse 28. If you're looking at it, say amen. Uh, Some of y'all ain't looking. If you're looking at it, verse 28, say amen. Amen. Thank you. And when he had said this, underline this in your Bible, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. No matter where you are, you always go up to Jerusalem. You never go down. You always go up. Even if you're above Jerusalem, you always would say, I'm going up to Jerusalem because it's the mountain of God. It's the city of Zion. It's the holy city. So they're going up to Jerusalem. And came the pass, in verse 29, when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, go into the village opposite you. Whereas you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever set. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, in verse 31, are you looking at it? If anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, say what, saints? Because the Lord has need of it. And so those who were sent went their way, and they found it just as Jesus said. But as they were loosing the colt, the owner said to him, Why are you loosing the colt? And they told him what Jesus told him to tell him. The Lord has need of him. And then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, and as he went, in verse 36, watch this drama. As he went, many spread their clothes on the road. And then as he was now drawing near to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice And praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. And this is what they were saying, and I want you to read it with me. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Would everybody read it with me? Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in verse 39 called to him and said, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and he said to them, I tell you in verse 40 that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. This is the final week in the life of Jesus, and he's on the road to Jerusalem. Now, understand that this is not just any road for Jesus. It's a road of humility, a road of fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies. It's a road of obedience. It's a road leading to the crucifixion, the shame, the pain, the beating, the whipping, the brutality, the agony. John chapter 11 verse 57 tells us that there was an all-points bulletin out on Jesus to have him arrested, and Jesus knew that. And yet knowing what awaits him, he came into Jerusalem in the most public way possible. He didn't sneak in. He didn't come in at night. He didn't come in quietly. He came in to Jerusalem in the most public way possible. And notice they get him on a donkey. They get him on. Jesus tells them that they need to get him a donkey, one that has never been ridden before. Now listen, there are a lot of, I mean, when you think of donkeys, you think of one that has never been ridden before. It would be very, very, very difficult to ride a donkey that has never been ridden before. I've never been on a donkey. Matter of fact, I was telling them last service, I've never even ridden a horse. Y'all know I never, I know. I've never ridden a horse. Is there anybody, does anybody here have a horse? First of all, who's ridden on a horse before? That's like everybody. (laughs) What world am I in? And, 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 and does anybody here have a horse, if you own a horse? Anybody here own a horse? Okay, you, know, you, you do own a horse. Wow, that's cool. Um, can, you know, I've never been on a donkey, and I've never been on a horse. Can, can I get on your horse? Can, can we go like horse? Like, is your horse nice? Is it like a nice horse? It's a nice horse. It's nice. And, and it, can I ride it? I'm, we'll get together. We'll make this happen when I come back from India. And well, I really want, I mean, really, I, I'm 50 now. I got to do stuff because I'm dying. I, I'm dying. I'm dying quick, y'all. Y'all know I'm 50. You know, when you get 50, you think, you know what? I'll be dead in a minute. I, I, I better do everything I want. So I got up here at worship. I was dancing and yes. On our side. You know, when you're 50 and you're old, you can just do whatever you want. I want to ride a horse I really do and I want to get on a horse is it like a really big horse it's a what'd you say it's just the right size for me good and, 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 and it won't kill me no it won't attack me K- kick me in the head with a shoe nothing okay alright well I'll give it some serious thought I'm talking myself out of it now maybe I don't want to do that um but I've never been on a donkey either, but I do know this, listen, and you know this. A donkey that has never been written on will be tough to climb on. And the only way to climb on a donkey that has never been written on is if that donkey knows that the creator of the universe is riding on its back. And even, and even, watch this, even a donkey submits to the lordship of Jesus Christ. I know some people who I think are donkeys. Who don't say That's a whole nother sermon, y'all. Matter of fact, when I come back in three weeks, that will be the sermon. Donkey Folk. That's the title of the sermon. Donkey Folk. That's a great title. But I know some people who won't submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Here we have a donkey that submits to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, so the disciples do exactly as Jesus asked, and they found the donkey just as Jesus said. And as they were loosing it, the, the owner said, why are you loosing the donkey? And they said, because the Lord has need of it. And they brought the donkey to Jesus, threw clothes on its back, and they put Jesus on the donkey. John chapter 12 tells us that they also spread palm branches on the road, and they were waving palm branches as Jesus was riding by. If you ever been to a more traditional church or a church they call it, like they call it high church or a church with liturgy and on Palm Sunday they give you a palm they give you a bulletin and they give you a palm branch. Anybody been to a church like that? You get a palm branch. Well, that's where this comes from. Palm Sunday where Jesus comes riding into Jerusalem, triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Now the scene is very dramatic. I don't know if you're getting this in your mind's eye. But this scene is very dramatic. As Jesus is coming into Jerusalem and people are throwing their clothes out on the road and praising God and rejoicing and saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Matthew chapter 21 tells us that they were saying, you put the stories together, Matthew 21 tells us that they were saying, Hosanna. Anybody know what Hosanna means? Save now, very good. So you put the stories together, they were saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now listen, they didn't want Jesus to save their soul from sin. They wanted Jesus to overthrow the Roman government politically and economically. But Jesus didn't come to give people freedom from government. Jesus died on Calvary's cross to give people a home in heaven. Can you say amen? He died to give you a home in heaven. And I want you to note something here. Notice what the people saw that day and what the Lord was doing very different. The people saw Jesus entering in splendor to take the throne. Jesus entered in with a humble spirit to accept his fate. The people could smell victory in the air. Jesus tasted suffering and death. The people thought that he was the man of the hour, and Jesus knew that his hour to die had come. Don't you remember as you read through the Gospels over and over and over again, he would say, my hour has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. My hour, he's talking about the hour of his crucifixion. My hour has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. But now his hour has come and he knows it. And it's very interesting when this crowd realized that Jesus didn't come to give them political freedom from the oppression of Rome, that they didn't get what they want, The same people, as we read further in Luke, we're going to see this. The same people who were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, will later be saying, crucify him, crucify him, and they will turn against him. Don't we know people like that? Many people want a Jesus who will give them what they want. But when they realize that Jesus isn't a genie in a bottle, somebody say amen, and Jesus isn't a cosmic bellhop. And Jesus isn't the cashier at the drive up window. And when you pull up, he says, ready to take your order, sir. That's not Jesus. And when things don't work out the way that you think they should, then they turn their backs on him. Let me share something with you. Jesus died. Listen, you hear nothing I said. Listen to this. Jesus died for your sins. And if he never does anything else in your life, he has already done plenty enough that we should worship him. Is that right? Can y'all clap better than that? I think you can. He's already done plenty enough. I mean, to think, to think. I mean, you got a testimony. I got a testimony. Last week we were talking about we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And to think, nine-year-old street kid from Philly, doing drugs all my life until God saved me. Who would have ever thunk it that that God would take a life like mine? Here Here I am at 50 years old now. First of all, it's shocking that I made it to the age of 50. I mean, it's shocking to me. Given looking at my life, somebody knows what I'm talking about. Looking at my life and looking at your life, I mean, I'm shocked that I'm still here. My mom used to tell me. My mom, she got girtuisms. I mean, those are sayings that are particular to Gertrude. She had Gertrudisms. And she's always telling me, she used to say, boy, I remember, I'll never forget about 15, 16. And she said, boy, let me tell you something. And you know your mother said, let me tell you something, it's going to be bad. Let me tell you something. She said, you are either going to be successful, very successful in life, or somebody going to kill you. She told me just like that. I said, what are you about my mom? She goes, boy, you run your mouth. You can talk. Then <laughs> don't y'all say amen. Some of y'all like, sure can. <laughs> sure enough. Maybe my clock is wrong. <laughs> but she said, she said, oh, somebody go, because I was always the kind of person, I always said what I thought. I've never been politically correct. I've always said what I thought. And and, and I've always done what I felt was right. And I always followed my heart to do what I felt was right. And then when I became a Christian, God set me free from drugs. God completely, the day that I got saved was the last day that I did drugs. God took it out of my life completely. I've never, ever looked back. God set me free from that. And to think, and then to think that, 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 that that then I would go on and be used of the Lord and be used in ministry and allow me to pastor this great church and these wonderful people, and now establishing schools in, in other countries. My life is amazing, and I can tell you, if God never did another thing for Pastor Rodney, he has already done enough. He has blessed me, shown mercy to me. You can say the same thing, that we can worship him because he's already done plenty. So let's move forward. So the crowd is gathered on the streets, and there's a mixture of faces in the crowd. I'm sure that everybody listened. Listen, I'm sure that everybody's life that Jesus touched, when he came riding into Jerusalem, I'm sure they came out to see him. I bet you the woman caught in adultery, I bet you she came out to see him because they, they bought her, on, you know the story, In John ain't. They threw her down at the feet of Jesus. She was caught in the act of adultery. How do you do that? I don't know, but okay, fine. But she was caught in the act of adultery, and they threw her down at Jesus' feet. And they said, what are you going to do with her? She's a sinner. We should stone her and kill her. And Jesus, the Bible says, went writing something down in in the dirt. We don't know what he was writing, probably the names of the men that slept with her. Who knows? But he's writing something down in the dirt, and they all began to walk away one by one. And then he looked at her, and he says, now you're forgiven. Go away and sin no more. And that woman was touched by Jesus, I'm sure. And when he came riding into Jerusalem that day, I know that woman was standing right there. She's probably all cleaned up now. And looking nice and properly dressed because she wasn't the last time Jesus saw her. She had just a towel around her or, or a blanket or something around her. But now she's properly dressed. I'm sure she was there. And blind, blind Bartimaeus, I know he was there because he was just happy. He had just got his sight back. Don't y'all remember? And he was happy. He had never seen a parade before. <laughs> Say hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. He, ain't never seen, he never seen. he's like a parade. Man, I've never seen one of those. Woo! Hey, hey, let's go to the parade. He wanted to go to the parade because he'd never been to one before. He's heard them, but he's never seen one. So I'm sure that he was there. And then Zacchaeus is in the crowd, and, and the leper, and Jairus' daughter, who's back from the dead, and Lazarus, who also was back from the dead, is in the crowd. And I'm sure that Mary and Martha were there. The Romans were there ready to crush any uprising. And the Pharisees, we know from our text, they were there and the Sadducees were there, probably giving Jesus the big eye, the evil eye, just standing there looking at him like I'm waiting for you to break the law in some way. So many people are there and they're crying, they're cheering, they're spreading their clothes and they're praising God. And the religious folks said in verse 39, they said, master, teacher, rebuke your disciples. Look at verse 40, Jesus said, nope, not going to do it, wouldn't be prudent in the Greek language. If you read your Bible, you know it's there. Not going to do it. If I did, the rocks would cry out. In other words, if Jesus stopped their worship and their praise, the word of God would go right down through their feet into the ground, and the rocks would start crying out. You know, I often talk to you about the law of first mention, where something's first mentioned in the Bible that, you know, it defines it all the way through. Well, here we have the law of first mention of a rock concert. I I actually like that one a lot. lot. I'm going to do a book. I mean, I should do a book on bad jokes. I got a lot of them. (laughs) I should do a book on bad jokes. I'll probably sell. One guy, I said this second service. I'll do a book on bad jokes. This guy from the back, he goes, it won't sell. (laughs) I said, get out. life and the ministry of Jesus, listen, you read your Bible, you find this out. Jesus had a lot of contact with rocks. He walked on them. He sat on them. He prayed on them. He wept on them. He bled on them. You got to wonder what the stones would say if they could talk. You know, and I find it interesting that man is the only part of God's creation that refuses to praise God. But they will praise people. Don't y'all understand? Listen to me. Don't you understand that we were created to praise? Now, what you praise, well, that's your choice. I choose to praise the one, the true, the only, the living God. Huh? Am I the only one? But what, when we were all created to praise people, man, today, especially the day in which we're living in, people, we're looking for something to worship. I mean, we'll worship athletes, TV stars, people in the music industry. That's why everybody wants to be in the music industry. If they can get just one hit, they will make millions and millions of dollars and people will praise them. People praise people in the music industry. I mean, you know, you think of you know Rihanna, Beyoncé, (laughs) Ursher, Maroon Five see, y'all think the pastor's out of touch. I know what's going on. See, I know what's, y'all think I'm all out of touch with all because I'm a pastor and I just sit in my office and glow. (laughs) Well, I do glow, but I still know what's going on. And, you know, we just worship these people. I mean, you think about it. Man, if Beyonce walked in here right now and sat on the front row, y'all would freak out. Folks would be going, oh, my God, Beyonce, Beyonce, you wouldn't even hear I'm talking about Jesus' blood. He bled on the rocks, he bled for you, he died for you. And y'all thinking, Beyonce on the front row, Beyonce on the front row. People go, that's why I don't go to concerts. I don't go to concerts because people lose their ever-loving mind at a concert. Now you know you lost your mind when you lose your ever-loving mind. They go crazy, people be acting crazy at a concert because they want to work. Ah, oh, crying and screaming and yelling. And I don't go to concerts because I don't want to get in the flesh. I mean, really. Because if I go to a concert and, 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 and people start screaming and hollering and somebody hit me, because you're going to get hit if you get they, people get crazy. You, you're going to get hit if you hit me. I told you all, I, I glow. I, if you hit me, I might speak in tongues. And then again, I might hit you upside your fat head. I don't know. It just depends on what's going on at the moment, how I'm feeling. But I don't know. I just don't know. I don't even bother with that stuff. People will worship something. And people are not embarrassed to act like a foe. Ah, yes, reaching out. Yeah. Ah, I can't believe they looked my way. Wait, if there's like 30,000 people in the room, what do you mean they looked your way? They had to look somewhere. Ah, oh, ah, oh, yeah. People are crazy and they're not embarrassed, but we come to church. Oh, man, now, no, wait a minute. Now, we don't, we don't get too, uh, now we don't lift up. we don't get too, don't get too excited about worship. It's a shame. Honestly, it is a shame. I've said this a thousand times. Here's a thousand and one. It is a shame that the worship leader has to say, let's worship the Lord. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Clap your hands to the Lord. Get to it. Get excited about Jesus. Listen, Jesus has been good to us. Why should anybody, I'm going to wait. Why should anybody have to encourage you to worship God? Let me tell you something. I come in, I hear the music, I worship the Lord. I do not need the band to be on point. I don't need the band to play every note, right? Boy, they sure were hot today. And by the way, they were hot today. But, but, but they sure were. And that's a blessing. And I'm, Don't misunderstand me. I like things done well. I'm happy they were good. Great. Praise the Lord. Awesome. But if they were messing up and things weren't going right, let me tell you something. Pastor Rodney will still worship the Lord because I worship the Lord for who he is, not what he gives. I worship for who he is, not what he gives. And if somebody was up here, honestly, I don't need all this. I don't. I really don't. In India, when I'm preaching in churches in India, we don't have all this. We have maybe some guy on a conga. Depends. If it's a big church, you might have maybe a keyboard, a microphone, and maybe um, maybe a bass guitar. Maybe. That's a big church. But in most of the churches I preach at, all they have is some congas and maybe a tambourine.